I want you to give us a call. Five seven zero five Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard. Y'all Heard. Podcast where me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related on this cold winter's day. So cold. This is a show where two friends pull out that rickety shovel and we plow through the snow to show you a clean and solid footing just below the surface, exposing you to wet insights, slippery opinions, and slushy laughs. The exception of wet insights, yes. that was okay. <laughs> In other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. What about Pete, soggy insights? Yeah, that's better. Okay. How was my week, Marissa? I had a great yeah. slice of pizza on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Highlight of my week. <laughs> mm. Oh. Well, tell us about this pizza. Sorry, you just reminded me what the only good thing that happened to me today that I want to make sure I tell you. But yeah, what? It was a barbecue chicken slice of pizza. It was a gigantic slice of pizza. And it was a really... Oh, barbecue chicken pizza is good. Yeah. I only just looked... And it was was doughy, too. Like, I got two slices of pizza, and I felt like I was bringing a bowling ball back to my office. Sounds beautiful. <laughs> so I ate them with the door closed in bliss. Um, and usually I eat one like I'm a rabid animal, and then I take the other one a little slower. <laughs> oh, that's smart. I like that idea. One is just to fill you up, and one is to really enjoy the flavor. <laughs> and, you know, you want to make that one second, because, yeah, it'll yeah, linger yeah. with you long after <laughs> the meal mm-hmm. is done. Yes. What's one good thing that happened to you today, Marissa? <laughs> the only good thing that was happening, though now I'm on the fence, but I really wanted to tell you earlier, but I was too lazy to text. So I'm going to a French restaurant after this with our loyal listener, Cassie, and there was something... You know, Wait, if you're a long-time listener, you know that I notoriously have no idea how to pronounce things in French. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I was like, ooh, I kind of want to order that, Oh my god, I have no idea how to pronounce that. So I wanted to be like, Pete, after our show, I might go order <sighs> Oofter's Mayonnaise. Oofter's Mayonnaise? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oofter's Mayonnaise. Oofter's Mayonnaise. Oofter's Are you saying oys- oysters and mayonnaise? <laughs> O-E-U-F-S, that's one word, D-U-R-S, mayonnaise. I mean, I, I know what it is. You I feel bad you? because, okay, eggs. All right. I was like, I know I'm supposed to know what oofs is. Oh, oofs. Weefs, or you say weefs, I usually don't see that at the beginning of something. How do you say it? Yeah, you'd say it as oofs. Oofs mayonnaise. All right, listen. Is there a D-E-R 
D U R S. Oops, Durst Mayonnaise. No. <laughs> what? I can't tell you that I'm going to give you the right way to say it. But also, is this eggs and mayonnaise? <laughs> I think it's deviled eggs. So, yeah. Okay. Roasted red pepper, lettuce, eggs, whole egg mayonnaise. Or maybe it is just in mayonnaise. I'd eat it. Cholesterol city. Hard-boiled egg ovals coated with fresh mayonnaise and a revelation. (laughs) I love the revelation. Slightly tangy mayonnaise and hard-cooked eggs. Um, So, yeah. I would say oofster mayonnaise. Mm. It's that R that's really confusing me. Just Which say are? oof oh, mayonnaise. What? Can I get the uh, oof mayonnaise? <laughs> Can I get mayonnaise? The- mayonnaise looks like it's just mayonnaise. Oof, oof, mayonnaise, mayonnaise, oof. Don't say, don't say der. <laughs> <laughs> just skip it. <laughs> I was just like, man, if I order these, I wish Pete was there. Uh, I don't know. I might just wait. I might just wait till you visit me one day and I will <laughs> save that for you. <laughs> anyway, that's really the, yeah, that's the joy of my day. It is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, that's it. That That's all we have going. Apparently, all I know is our loyal listener, uh, oh, Pete, we have to pause. Something horrible happened. <laughs> Uh, we are returning from Marissa receiving some um, impactful news, we'll say. Horrific news. <laughs> I don't remember exactly where we stopped talking, so I just wanted to throw this in in case it's not a smooth transition. <laughs> I feel like it's not, so anyway. Icebreaker. Um, yeah. This week, we needed an icebreaker, so I turned to my friend Twitter. But okay. didn't find anything. So then okay. I turned to, like, my frenemy, Reddit. Ooh, frenemy. So here is your icebreaker. Is it mine or is it ours? It's ours. Um, okay. I'm going to censor it a bit. You, you fart, and out of your butt, emerges the crap genie he grants you the ability to poop out an object of your choosing instead of poop for the rest of your life only it cannot be money so what do you choose to poop Um, for the rest of your life is it covered in poop (sighs) that's it's not specified um i have an answer that you Okay. Okay, so maybe <laughs> you know, I can't think of anything <laughs> that would be okay that it comes out covered in poop. <laughs> um the only I thing have... I can think of would be a solid gold bar. <laughs> okay. That would be pretty easy to clean off. Uh, I'm and worth it. An like, you I know. Think... <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, an answer that I feel like doesn't follow the rules, and if it doesn't, I will answer again. Um, 
instead of hoping to poop out something else, can I just wish that I can poop regularly? (laughs) (laughs) So you want it to be poop. Yeah, (laughs) I want poop because I have constipation. You can poop anything that you choose for the rest of your life. What will it be? I'm happy with the way things are. I'll just poop. Can he enhance my ability to poop better, more regularly, or no? Hey, you know what? For you, Marissa, of course you can. Okay, then there we go. If I could poop every day, that's a dream. How about you? Um, I... I haven't said this in a while, but sometimes when we do icebreakers, I just go with what's off the top of my head. I don't think Mm -hmm. about it or anything like that. So today, right off the top of my head, I'm going to say marbles. What the fuck, Pete? What the fuck are you going to do with those marbles? I don't know. That is a toilet. Well, uh, you know what? I was going to say, well, yours is also... No, wait, you got poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, they won't be covered in poop, so I could just uh, poop them into a marble bowl. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, is there such a thing as a marble bowl? (laughs) (laughs) You said bowl, but I imagined a big mason jar. But also, you're going to have to have a fucking mason jar with you every day? For the rest of your life, you're just going to have jar after jar of marbles? This is a, this is a bad... Because, like... Oh, 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 what if... I change it to, like, um... Unnecessary body fat. <laughs> you know what? I almost said that. But then I was like... Yeah, but then is there, like, a, a point where that ends? Do I become emaciated if I poo too much? Oh, unnecessary body fat. All right. Well, the other nice. thing is that you could just eat extra fat to compensate for what you're going to poop out. Oh, that's nice. Can I have that, too? That sounds <laughs> <laughs> Because now I'm thinking, like, if I was at work and I had to poop, then I would go into the bathroom and I'd be like, i got to hide these marbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think they'd catch on if every time I came out of the bathroom, I had a bowl full of marbles. <laughs> That's hilarious. In case you can't yeah. tell, this week, everybody, we are a little unfocused. And so we thought we would embrace that. And we're going to do <laughs> another episode of Y'all Heard Potpourri. Okay. Speaking of potpourri, which is linked to duty, I have something right on trend. I know we could talk more about the potpourri. But I just want to go straight in because it was perfect from the duty talk. Guys, I want to I talk, talk about dry shit. <laughs> no, I want to talk about bloating. And I just want to talk about bloating as a concept. You probably know what bloating is. I want to know why the fuck everyone I know seems bloated all the time now. And why I am bloated all the fucking time now. And like, I was telling someone, like, oh, I'm chronically bloated. I don't fit in my pants anymore. And they're like, yeah, me too. Someone I know is on bloat medication. Someone I know gets nervous bloat. I follow a girl on Instagram who just posts about being bloated. And (laughs) I'm just like, I'm sorry, were we all bloated all this time? Or is it like a bloat renaissance? And uh, so I Googled, 
Why are, why, we, all why are we all so bloated? <laughs> We're all bloated now. Uh, for the record, if you don't know what bloating is, uh, it's a condition in which your stomach feels full and tight, often due to gas. Right. Uh, baseline, it says that bloating affects about 24% of women, uh, which is more than men, but for some reason they don't have the men statistic. That's just because uh, men just fart. I mean, maybe. Uh, but that number has been climbing since the onset of the pandemic. This is an unprecedented and once-in-a-lifetime moment, <laughs> agreed uh, Maya Feller of Brooklyn-based Maya Feller Nutrition. Uh, we have learned by now that despite the excellent progress we've made with rolling out vaccines, COVID isn't disappearing overnight. So we must modify our lifestyles to adapt to the new normal. For those of us who have been at home, all routines have shifted. And for those of us who are working out of the home, new stressors are present. All of the above is causing many to experience more severe symptoms of stress, bloating, and digestive issues than ever before. Okay, I was like, that explains a little bit kind of generally, but like, I was stressed before. So I was like, no, I need more specifics. So here they break down some of the like main reasons, like legit, why the fuck we're also fucking bloated. Uh, one, which people might say, you know, this was more at the onset of the pandemic, but if you're like me, this happened at the onset, then it dwindled away, and now it's back again, which is increased, which is increased alcohol consumption. But yeah, that too. Uh, alcohol, alcohol is a toxin. And the body recognizes it. it as such, Feller says. It's an inflammatory substance that causes swelling and water retention in the body. So if you've been boozing it up because you're home all the time, it's likely that that could be contributing to your bloat. Uh, probably the one that is, I don't know, at least 40% of my problem <laughs> is a new, way more sedentary life. As we are all confined to our homes more than ever, many people are not moving their bodies as much as they should be or used to be. Um, so, like, I used to have to commute to the subway, or at the very least, I would walk out to get lunch. I now, unless I push myself, could basically be sitting from morning till night. Yeah. Um, uh, related to that, this week, as possibly a topic I googled, voluntary agoraphobe <laughs> realized you know like since that's an illness you can't voluntarily <laughs> yeah but boy if only right <laughs> um feller says that she recommends movement to help stimulate the digestive tract and to move food through more efficiently see i never thought that like that like directly didn't mm. like affect your digestion Additionally, sitting hunched over while working compresses your digestive organs and slows down your digestion. And one that me and Pete probably know all too well is uh, stress. There is a highway, established <laughs> communication system between your gut and your brain. And in times of acute or chronic stress, which is definitely mine, Feller says that the body may respond by tensing, which can decrease gastric motility and cause constipation. Marissa, why are you constipated so much? You be the judge. Anyway, 
Guys, are you bloated like me? If so, <laughs> call us if at so, 570-PODBOD1. <laughs> there are many ways you could deal with it, but just some very simple ways is to integrate a few, like, um, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant stuff into your meals. And uh, three things you could integrate to help with bloating are blueberries, ginger, and fennel. Um, yeah, let me know how you deal with your bloat by calling us. <laughs> okay, tag your it. <laughs> uh, related, I, I suppose in some way, is uh, a medical thing. And I read about this when it happened, but um, I feel like people don't know about it, so I'm going to tell you. Unless you're a fan, you may not know that Dean Winters, who is the guy who plays Mayhem for Allstate, and he appeared in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Law and Order SVU, a short-lived he was a short-lived star of a show called Battle Creek. He was in Thirty Rock, Rescue Me, Oz, and Hellraiser, Hellseeker. He died for two to four and a half minutes in two thousand and nine. Wow. In two thousand nine, it was two and a half minutes, but in twenty twenty one, he says four and a half minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, so he had some mysterious symptoms that turned out to be a bacterial infection, but luckily, um, he died in the ambulance. So he was on his way to the hospital, so surrounded by people who could help him. Um, so he had this bacterial infection. He goes to the hospital, they take care of him and they send him home while he's recuperating for a month at his Tribeca apartment. He develops gangrene and then doctors had to amputate two toes and half of a thumb what in the past year he spent 95 wait that was from sorry <laughs> that was from the original article so after that he spent uh 95 days in the course of a year in hospitals and had 10 operations including skin grafts and one in which a forearm muscle was used to rebuild his right hand what the fuck yeah now, for some reason, uh, in November of last year, people caught up with him to revisit the trauma. <laughs> oh, um, fun for him. I haven't taken a step since 2009 without being in pain, he said. I've got neuropathy on, you know, on a whole different level where I can't feel my hands and feet. But if I stepped on a pebble, it's like I go through the roof. And if you've ever had nerve damage, neuropathy, uh, then you might know what that feels like because I know what that feels like. Uh, yeah, like you have like, uh, pins and needles numbing kind of feeling, but then if you hit the wrong thing the wrong way, it's like pain just shoots up your whole entire leg. So, mm. so I see him in these, uh, all state commercials and I'm like, I, I, do people realize how far he's come and what he's been through? No. Um, but also the, I think he's such a dick all the time and I yeah. know that's not him. <laughs> What? My favorite performance of his was uh, Dennis Duffy in 30 Rock. <laughs> I don't remember him. He there, was her but... bad boyfriend uh, in the early oh. seasons. Okay. Actually, that does sound familiar. Okay. Uh, there was uh, an episode where he kind of got like really emotional, and then Liz took him back, and then he showed up on TV uh, on To Catch a Stranger, <laughs> or To Catch a Predator. Sorry. Oh! <laughs> That's fun. Um, but yeah, the good news, uh, maybe, <laughs> um, 
I'll say some good news for him, not the good news, all things considered. Uh, but his job as mayhem for Allstate is actually his highest paying gig of all time. Oh. And he wasn't uh, doing it for a while, and then they brought him back, so. I don't know if that's great. If you're an actor, that's. Highest that's paying, not most challenging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very true. But, uh, apparently, a, like, spokesperson's salary is, uh, pretty good if you're an actor. Okay. Not challenging, okay. and people sort of pigeonhole you sometimes, but I think he's been in enough other oh, stuff that. Right. Oh, and in Law and Order SVU, he was Olivia Benson's boy, uh, boyfriend for a while. Oh, you should say boy toy. <laughs> boy toy. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do something? Did he, like, do something bad there? Um, he was part of some undercover thing. When they first met, and he was a big dick, and you know, didn't want to have anything to do with, or, yeah, didn't have any want to have anything to do with her. And then, um, in the sort of like comeback episodes, maybe over the past two or three years, he appeared more frequently, and he was a changed man. So he was still kind uh, of a dick, but <laughs> she saw behind yeah, okay. the rough exterior. <laughs> yeah, I see. Dag, you're it. Okay, so I googled the controversial topic that enrages me, but seems to not enrage anyone else in this world. Um, not in this world, in this country. I googled, why do we tip? <laughs> I think I've talked about tipping before. You just say, what point. do we tip? Why? Okay. Like, I wanted to know the, the origins of tipping. Uh, I think I may have talked about tipping before. I, I mean, I tip. I hate it. I mean, not because everyone sucks, but because I feel like what, like it should be the job of the employer to pay. Um, and I went to Korea uh, for a year, and they don't tip. And yeah, I think the restaurants are actually more expensive. But it's just, uh, I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. Like, just pay the fucking people and don't make this tip them. But okay, whatever. So anyway, I wanted to know why we tip. Because if I'm going to have to do this bullshit... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? I so you're like an order. you're 36 years old, and now you're like, if I have to do this, <laughs> I mean, I have been. I've been resisting my entire life, but if I have to, <laughs> no, no, I do tip. I always do tip. Um, I, ugh, I don't know. I probably shouldn't out myself. I tip between. Between 15 and 18 percent, which nowadays everyone's like, you got to do 20 percent minimum. But I'm like, that's not what it was when I was younger. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's cheaper to live than when I was younger, right? (laughs) (laughs) Can I be like an old person who's like, I want to do it how it was? Um, Again, I'm not saying workers don't deserve it. I'm just saying, can't we all band together and say... Can't we reorganize the situation? <laughs> anyway, guys, you could hate me for this. You know what? We all have our flaws. I don't like tipping, but again, I do tip. Um, anyway. I take so great joy how- in tipping. If somebody you does do? a good job, I'm like, man, let's round up. <laughs> oh, Pete, I take a great joy if someone does a good job. Yeah. But I hate tip by default if they suck. Yeah. I'm with a bitch. I'm like, I don't want to give them 20%. <laughs> but again, it's not because they don't deserve it. But it's just like, I don't know. It's just like it feels like a second cost. I'd rather just pay more for my meal. Anyway, so why? Where does this come from? 
Historians have traced the beginning of tipping in the U.S. back to the 1860s post-Civil War era. I don't know when the fuck I thought it came into play, but that's interesting. That's far. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it was influenced by a rise in European immigrants and returning U.S. tourists who had picked up the custom abroad. So apparently, they tipped in Europe. Uh, in the beginning... Freaking Europeans. <laughs> in the beginning, tipping was primarily viewed as anti-American. That's what I'm talking about. In that it was, quote, blamed for encouraging ser- servility and degrading America's democratic, puritanical, and anti-aristocratic ethic. Um, according to an article in NPR's Food for Thought. I'm not going to disagree with that. However... <laughs> Uh-huh. People aren't paid a living wage. <laughs> no, I know. Again. <laughs> no, 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 I know. And so one might say that the way that capitalism is functioning is also anti-American. <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that. Um, so apparently the rejection of the tipping custom in the U.S. became so influential that it played a small part in ending tipping culture in Europe. So even though we got it from there, mm. apparently they stopped. This uh, is like, no you ma- know, like, oh, you're wearing the latest fashion and then somebody else comes on with it and you're like, oh man, I can't wear this anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that dork. <laughs> <laughs> but no matter the efforts to stop tipping in the U.S., it began to take hold, mainly in response to the end of slavery after the Civil War. Okay, let's talk more about this. Didn't didn't see this coming. No. Okay. I'm not tipping them. (laughs) (laughs) Once the 13th Amendment was added to the Constitution abolishing slavery, many former slaves moved toward blue-collar jobs that were available to them, including jobs in restaurants. It became growingly standard for restaurant employers to not pay these employees a wage, um, but so long as customers tipped. So continuing kind of racial oppression. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay these former slaves, but they would be like, Hey, they're getting paid because people are tipping them. Yeah. As a tipping culture grew among the Southern states, so did the controversy around the idea of accepting tips as harmful and or a form of bribery. Six states actually abolished tipping for a time, but by 1926, all laws prohibiting tips had been revoked or overruled. Um, so what started as a sort of unethical loophole to the 13th Amendment turned into an opportunities where restaurants benefited by subsidizing hourly pay with gratuities. And <coughs> and obviously it's a standard practice in the U.S. today. Uh, tipping culture is alive and well. Um, Thriving, if so, you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, today, many of the same debates over the ethics and issues created by tipping are still discussed. Not enough, if you ask me. Uh, most I've listened to a whole entire podcast episode about this. You did? And what happens when you when a restaurant decides that they're not going to allow tipping, that they're going to versus including the gratuity versus just letting it go, you know, un, untethered, I guess. So what happens? Um... There really wasn't much of a difference, except that if people didn't have to, they didn't. Or sometimes they were uncomfortable because they didn't understand, you know, like, what to do. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah, it's very stressful, actually, when gratuity is included, because that's not the norm. And then you're like, am I supposed to double tip? Anyway, uh, most states allow for a tip credit structure, where employees, like I said, uh, subsidize hourly pay. Um, so they can subsidize hourly pay below the federal minimum wage, as long as tips make up the difference. Um, I think this article might be a little dated, so I apologize. I don't know what year it's from, but according to the failed... Fair Labor Standards Act, uh, the maximum tip amount an employer can put towards hourly pay is 512. Again, that might have updated since then. And then, in which case, the employer is only obligated to pay the employee whatever the difference is between yeah. that amount and the minimum wage. Um, so, why is it so hard to remove the tip structure from the restaurant industry? Um, uh, they say that apparently. What has considerable influence on this is still just consumer behavior in general. Uh, in an NPR interview, a professor of consumer behavior and marketing at Cornell University said, quote, once you get started tipping, competitive forces make it almost impossible to go back. So since we adopted a tipping culture, it's influenced what consumers expect from a restaurant. Sounds like a quitter and, to me. Mm, <laughs> menu prices. So with the tip credit, employers can rely on tips to cover a decent portion of their labor costs, which allows them to bring down their menu prices, mm -hmm. um, creating a competitive edge and attracting a larger consumer base. When a customer looks at a menu and uh, they're not automatically considering tips, uh, all they see are, you know, either the high or the low cost influencing where they want to dine. So if there are two establishments equal in quality and food, uh, but the only difference is one allows tipping and has lower menu prices, and the other one has higher menu prices but doesn't allow tipping. I mean, shouldn't be that surprising that consumers are more likely to dine at the place with lower prices, but they allow tipping. Even if they end up at the end of the day paying the exact same amount, it's just like the illusion that the meal is cheaper yeah. or something. Um, so, yeah, basically we're probably going to tipping because... Customers would prefer to delude themselves, <laughs> uh, even though they're probably going to pay the same price either way. So, tag, you're it. Well, speaking of things that have been annoying you, I want to tell you something that's been annoying me. Did you say Hugh? Hugh, yeah. Our friend Hugh. With an A. Okay. <laughs> um, Marissa, it's been cold, and I am fortunate enough to have an underground parking lot where I live. But sometimes I wonder, when I see people idling their cars unattended, I always uh -huh. feel like it's an environmentally irresponsible decision. But who am I, Marissa? <laughs> I'm just some idiot off the street. I'm the guy who doesn't so like to wear flip-flops because people might pour acid on my feet. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I'm sorry, what? I don't like flip-flops because things could fall and hit my feet. I knew <laughs> Acid like would be the worst. <laughs> For that reason? Okay, cool, dude. It also feels pretty stupid to me to leave your car idling and unattended. Because anybody could walk up to your car and steal it. Yeah. In January of 2021, Pittsburgh police warned of this outcome after 69 people had their cars stolen while they were idling unattended. Spring Wait, what do you mean? Why would their car idle unattended? Is it warming up? Yep. Or you oh, okay. 
you know, you're like, oh, I just got to run inside for something quick. Who the fuck does that? People <laughs> fucking do that? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> in Springfield, Missouri, police say about 37% of stolen cars had keys in them. Of those, about 27% were actually running. That's really stupid. <laughs> and this is international. Because the Royal Canadian Mounted Police warned that idling vehicles account for 25% of auto thefts. Yeah, okay. Uh, so the, if, in case you're wondering, because <clears throat> I don't have a home, Marissa, well, I, I have a place to live. What? Oh. <laughs> Marissa and I rent, we live in an apartment, we live in yeah. separate apartments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, the point I'm trying to make is, if you're a homeowner, you might be like, well, I gotta go outside and warm up my car. I just picked the first one I found. Maryland Annotated Vehicle Code prohibits an operator of a vehicle to leave a vehicle running and unattended unless the operator is in charge of a motor vehicle that has had the engine started using a remote keyless ignition system and has been operating unattended for up to five consecutive minutes when the vehicle is not in motion. Or I mean, fine. Cops aren't going to be like in your suburb making sure. Right. Or um, unless the operator allows the motor vehicle that is locked and on private property, not open to the public, to operate unattended for up to five consecutive minutes when the vehicle is not in motion. Okay. So sometimes you pull up to a Wawa, you pull up to a, you know, a place <laughs> a Wawa adjacent place um, and yeah there's people who just have their car idling because they want it to be nice and warm when they come out from Wawa they don't care if there's 17 people in line because they're not really thinking ahead like that um, yeah. similarly in the summer you run into the same thing people want the car nice and cold when they come out so they let it run um, in case you're wondering where is it I, th I took the shorter list of where is it legal to leave your car idling. And that is Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan, uh, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and West Virginia. Um, when you say it's legal, does that mean there is no law on the book prohibiting it or do you mean like there's something on the books that's like go ahead idle it up baby no it's just there's, there's nothing banning it yeah okay um but in all these other states are police enforcing these laws no wouldn't it suck if you got your car stolen because you left it idling and you got a fine on top of that <laughs> That would be ridiculous. So, no, I don't think they are. And I just wanted to throw this out there to tack on to the end of the idling cars bug me thing, because this also bugs me. In law, the term selective enforcement occurs when government officials, such as police officers, exercise the power to choose whether or how to punish a person who has violated the law. I'm sorry, is selective enforcement legal? Yeah, the biased use of enforcement discretion, such as that based on racial prejudice or corruption, is usually considered a legal abuse and a threat wow. to the rule of law. In some cases, selective enforcement may be inevitable. 
For some, for example, it may be impractical for police officers to issue traffic tickets to every driver they observe exceeding the speed limit, so they may have no choice but to limit the action to the most flagrant examples of reckless driving. You know what? All or nothing, Pete. All or nothing. Yeah. That's why when I was fighting with the police <laughs> in downtown Wilkesbury about why they weren't arresting the TV news <laughs> for a noise violation, <laughs> they said, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Marissa, I want to um, share my screen and sound with you. Okay. Marissa, I wanted to do a whole entire show about the Gummy Bear theme song since I've mastered oh, yeah. sharing audio in Skype. <laughs> what do you say? Since I've mastered sharing audio in Skype, oh, it would yeah. not be nearly as bad as my previous attempts to do a whole entire episode about a song. But after watching the show recently, um, I realized that the show is fine, but the theme song is what made it pop. So, Marissa, oh. do you know where it came from? No. It was written by Patty and Michael Silvershire who also wrote the Tailspin theme song. Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> they wrote. Uh, they also wrote a song on Mouser Size. Marissa, is that the album that you used to rock out to when you were a kid? No, that's Disco Mickey. Disco Mickey. So my sister must have been um, a Mouser Size person. So here's a little excerpt from that. Okay. This song is called Pig Out. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Throughout the day, I watch my appetite When I go to lunch, I eat so right Aerobic dancing keeps me fit and trim I feel something about the shape I'm in But every night after I exercise My mouth stops yawning and I rub my eyes I think of food as I call into Yes, picking out is what my dreams are all about. <laughs> it's the happiest song about an eating disorder that exists. <laughs> That's a little bit weird, but... So, Hopefully these people are pretty accomplished. They wrote a lot of songs for Disney, Jim Henson, TV, and they've actually been nominated for three Emmy Awards for Outstanding Music and Lyrics. And they wrote songs for the Grammy Award-winning soundtrack from Sesame Street's second theatrical feature, The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland. Okay, that's not nearly as good as other things they've done, but okay. Lyrics are clever, they can be interesting, sure. But Marissa, I feel like we both know the other half is the performance of the Gummy Bears theme song. Oh, yeah. So, who performed it? Well... The guy is named Joseph Williams, which is a pretty innocuous name, right? But he happens to be the son of famed Star Wars composer John Williams. Oh, cool. He was also, Joseph Williams, was also the writer, this one's for you, Mike Vinos, um, the writer of the original English lyrics for the songs Lapty Neck and Ewok Celebration from the original 1983 oh. release of Return of the Jedi, which was scored and conducted by his father, John. Well, he has a beautiful voice, I will say that. 
He was also the vocalist for Toto, the band, off and on. He doesn't sing oh. Africa. <laughs> okay. Okay. He was featured on the albums Fahrenheit in 1986 and the seventh one in 1988 before leaving the band due to personal reasons. Evidently, Toto is one of those bands who swapped out most of its members from the original group, and there's like maybe one guy left. Um, no, what they look like, I'm sure nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, but they're still technically a band, right? But mm-hmm. his big claim to fame, in my eyes, is the Gummy Bears theme song. But in many other people's eyes, it's that he can be heard as the singing voice of adult Simba on the songs Hakuna Matata and Can You Feel the Love Tonight. That's fine. He reprised his singing role in the directed video animated film Mickey's Magical Christmas Snowed In at the House of Mouse. Okay, that sounds fun. But 1985, right before that Fahrenheit album from Toto is when he recorded the vocals for Disney's Adventure of Adventures of the Gummy Bears. God, the song is so good. And just in case you're interested, Marissa, I'm going to play some of that song in Czechoslovakia. Evidently, did you say that's sick? That's a different singer, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. He doesn't sing it in Czechoslovakian, but um, evidently Alicia Keys did a cover of the Gummy Bears theme song on Jimmy Fallon. What? Uh, There's no way it's good. She's kind of being all like, like jazzy. It's very emo, apparently. Um, this was. Why the fuck did that happen? Because Jimmy Fallon likes the song. Um, I'm pretty sure he likes everything because he has no taste. Uh, but yeah, she turned it into some sort of ballad, and there is, it's been completely scrubbed from the internet. I spent a good 15 minutes trying to find it, and can't find it anywhere. Can find it referenced, referenced in many places, and all linked back to a YouTube video that has been removed. That is the most heartbreaking news I've heard today. <laughs> Holy shit, because I bet... I will say, I don't actually like Alicia Keys, but that part at the end of the Gummy Bear song where he's like, they are the Gummy Bears! I bet yeah. she could really like, go high, and that's the best part of the whole song. It is, it is. Chris is talking about this. So you can watch the Gummy Bears on Disney Plus if you're interested. Um, it's up to you. Uh, if not, at least listen to the Gummy Bears theme song, which I like have on Spotify. And I love yeah. when I put it on Shuffle and it's like a punk song and then it just goes to Gummy Bears. It's like a perfect. And uh, also, if you've never seen Tailspin, uh, that's a very good theme song. I would say that some of the top theme songs are Gummy Bears, Tailspin, DuckTales, and Chippendale. Oh my god, Chippendale is fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched an interview with them, or no, I read an interview with them, and uh, basically they came up with like four versions of the theme song. 
and they took it to the guy they were working for, and he was like, no, none of these are working out. I want it to be something like, da-da. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy, um, I already forget his name. I feel per- terrible. Michael, right? I, am I supposed to know the answer to that? Michael Silvershire um, uh-huh. was like, you mean kind of like Robin Hood? And the guy was like, <laughs> yeah. And then they went home, put this together, and that was the end. Oh, this surpasses Robin Hood. Patty and Michael tr- divorced, but they still seem civil because you can find them on a YouTube video. Uh, just Google them. Uh, I'm not giving you the link, but you can find them on a YouTube video where uh, two guys show them covers of the Gummy Bears theme song and Ooh, uh, get their reaction. So, Ooh, Alicia Keys isn't in it, Marissa. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, P. I never saw this coming, and this is the best thing that happened to me today, even more than Oosters mayonnaise. Yeah. How are those mayonnaise eggs? <laughs> mayonnaise is made out of eggs, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Ooh, yeah. So it's like it's like when people eat like it's like a cholesterol problem, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> when people eat like a piece of chicken with an egg on it, yeah. <laughs> do people do that? I don't know. Plugs. So before we send you out to get your mayonnaise eggs uh, marissa do you have any plugs for the end of the show oh you go first i can i'm coming in prepared i wanted to plug blake's takes for god's sakes the podcast featuring blake wexler one of our guests on the podcast um go back a week to the 100th episode because oh, not only does he allow me to play a part in it at the very end Ooh. But he also links to our podcast in the show notes. So I thought that oh was very God. nice. <laughs> That's so nice. I need to go see. Okay. I keep meaning to up his Patreon subscription, but I I enjoy that I am not on a tier. That I yeah. just some weird limbo Well, the thing place. is, uh, when he used to do the special hellos, you would kind of like sneak in there on yeah. my back. This Even week, th- this time he didn't do it when he assigned parts of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I believe I got uh, some teeth. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna listen to the episode. Thank you for reminding. Um. Oh. Okay. Um. This is definitely not for Pete. But uh, if you like Downton Abbey, the creator of Downton Abbey just premiered his new show, Gilded Age, which is same kind of Victorian period piece, but it takes place in the United States in uh, New York, and it's like a battle between old new york and new new york like rich people uh again pete's like eyes are glazing over but holy shit i like i think about it every moment of my life only one episode has shut up pete only one episode (laughs) is but oh it's so good what uh outlet oh it's on hbo okay yeah so that was that's the best thing i've seen this week uh lady in the window in the attic in the door is coming out in like two days right yeah, I just read a yeah. headline that says it's not funny or mysterious. <laughs> uh, I was listening to an interview with Kristen Bell yesterday, and she said that it totally takes itself seriously until episode four. That's way too many episodes before you start being funny. Yeah, out of how many? I don't know. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Okay. 
Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Um, you could call us at 570-PODWOD1. You can slide into my DMs at Wrist Vandal. Wrist Vandal! If you want to give me various French words or phrases that I should pronounce on air, you can send them to me on Instagram. Yeah. You can text them to us, too, at the the phone number. 570-763-9231. Or you can email us at... Shout at y'all heard. Dot me. (laughs) Stay warm. Stay safe. Stay, I would say stay sober. No. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, hi. Hi.